The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right, so we're calling to order the Executive Committee for the Foundation for Excellence Board of Directors on this Monday, August 29th, 3 p.m. Uh, the... The, the agenda states that it is uh, we need to approve the minutes for the meeting of April 25th, 2022. Um, can I have a motion to approve the minutes, please? I move to uh, Treasurer Carroll. Uh, I move to uh, approve the minutes, but with a um, suggested edit to the adjournment time. Um, it says 1.39 and then Governance, 
compliance issues, general contact, excuse me, contract creation and administration. So if we were to enter into any kind of agreements with other organizations or entities, our attorney can craft our side of that. Um, council has needed for policies and procedures and adherence to generally accepted best practices. If, if we ever need legal mediation, uh, if we ever need reports or opinions, um, you know, contested or or murky matters of law, uh, they would they would uh, produce those. And then legal representation and consultation. So those are the same services that have been provided to date by Attorney Robinson. Um, they would be spun off to Miller Johnson. And the lead attorney on this RFP was Attorney Rich Cherry. Who some of you may know. Um, the, like I said, the approved the, the recommendation of Governor Johnson was unanimous. And I took note of all the questions the scores had. The only question people had was, and it was really more of just a stating it in light of day, was Rich Cherry was a deputy city attorney, and before that a assistant city attorney for a total about eight years, if I've got that right. Um, so people should know that. That there's no apparent conflict of interest. It's actually it was a huge benefit because the person knows not just municipal law, um, but the city council. So that learning curve is you know basically flat as far as bringing somebody in. So that was just daylighted, um, and it's still recommended again. Yeah, so if you could, I, I just have a real quick question. <laughs> Can you just for the sake of transparency then tell me how long ago that was? The scoring? Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. That is that um <laughs> Rich Cherry was um held that position of the city. Senator Ritson was that two years ago that he's resigned. We've been away from that role for more than a year. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, procedurally is that the executive committee sees this as uh, a matter of governance and administration, um, but contracts can only be approved for you to sign by the board. So this is one of those instances where you'll see that you approve it for conveyance into the, the September board agenda uh, if you see fit. And then at that point, they vote on it and then you can execute that agreement at that time. Um, we would tentatively planned to invite Rich to come in October just to put a face to the name, say hello. The legal services are pretty intimate on an organizational level. You know, they're they're gonna handle any contentious things we have. So it's really good the board members just see the person get involved in the shit. So uh, so we got basically the plan moving forward and then pending uh, a final statement of the date by Attorney Robinson, he's he's expressed his flexibility. Um, the logical time that we start that agreement would be the first of the year, just one more month of budget. If there was some kind of emergency before then, we'd consider like a December first, but I don't see that being really necessary. So, thank you for that. This is President Calvert and Lisa. And just so that I can understand that I'm making the motion correctly, uh, then would that be the motion to approve this legal services agreement or motion to bring this legal services agreement to the board? Yeah, so on page on page four, it's we've got it as approved. So okay. it's right under the board approved Miller Johnson attorneys attached proposal for legal services to the okay. financial excellence. Okay. And you could add include in the, in the executive committee report to the board. So yeah, you'd ask for a motion. Another uh I'll go and make it for the second okay. discussion. All right, is there any other questions or comments with regards to that agenda item or the legal Yes, the Miller is not related to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other um, the other team work, don't they represent um, the foundation, Stryker Johnston Foundation? Or that was one of the, the hesitancies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. okay. That was that was probably the biggest hesitancy as they represented the foundation. We just thought, even though they said it wouldn't matter and the foundation said it wouldn't matter, we just kind of hesitated on that. But Richard Cherry kind of rose to the top either way. Yeah. Well, this is President Calvert Lester again. Thank you for lifting that up. Just in case anybody was curious about that, making that clarification. Um, 
So the motion then would be, could I please have a motion to approve the legal services agreement and include that in the executive committee to the board? I so move that. Uh, thank, thank you. Ash. Thank you. So, for example, one thing that we do is we, we 
call out the fact that you can get an application and use the computers at any of our five local library branches, which is just a great way of saying that you, know, you have those resources in your neighborhood or very near your neighborhood. Um, and then in the past, the community foundation has also even done telephone talks with people if they just need help getting through the tech part of it or you know, you name it, there's there's little hiccups that can happen in the process. So we will continue all that just great collaboration between the staff and nominating members. The last piece of this, I apologize, this is quite a bit of information, but the last piece of this is that since the governance facilitator is the main the bylaws and corporation, that would have to be changed. And it's I've gone through and there's another item that's coming up that's item D4. Uh, so we'll go through that separately. But um, literally every instance of the board governance facilitator can just be replaced with the board or its appointed committee. It's just it's, it really is as simple as that. And Attorney Robinson has seen that memo and has given his blessing to that process change. So, um, so with that, that we ultimately we're talking about is the creation of a new committee that is tasked solely with filling vacancies, getting new board members, overseeing that process with staff, reporting out, um, and just really doing that on the annual cycle. It's kind of the same every year. So but I'll pause there and hand it to you, Madam President, for, for questions and for any potential reaction. Well, does anybody else have any questions at this end? Just the, um, who's coming up to, uh, whose terms are, um, Expiring or potential renewal? Are there very many? It's a it's so the bylaws require a third changes every year. Okay. Which is with sixteen and for the two years. Two of ours this year, so mathematically okay. it's kind of four or five. Ways, yeah. It's um so this year will be Director Carroll um would be up and then year term limited in twenty twenty six and um, Director Charlene Taylor she's up. And she's also term limited in 2026. Yeah. Ida Salas, um, who is up because she's filling the partial term. Oh, that's so, yeah, And she would be term limited in 29. And then Director Alice Taylor, who is also 23 and also term limited. Because oh, you, okay. you're, you're the same cohort that came in. So. Yeah, okay. Um, those would be, and then I just last but least, I guess, would be um, Mayor Anderson would be the next election cycle. The commissioner has to be the next election cycle. So. Sure. <clears throat> those are um, another comment? Right. Uh, this is Director Carroll. And um, the, the only concern I have is I, I want to make sure that the net is cast broadly. Um, and I know that the community foundation did a really good job with that. Um, and I do know, like most nonprofits, when they're looking at boards, the nominating committee can be quite um, insular and, and have identified you know, specific, specific people that they want, um, but that are really within those circles. So um, I think maybe we could encourage uh, the, the directors that are going off to, like, for example, I'm a stakeholder of the, the arts. Um, so to let the arts community know that this vacancy is coming up and really encourage um, a, a broad section of people to apply for the position. So that, that, that's just my concern is how can we continue to reach out to as broad of a community base that as the foundation did. And thank you, Director Carroll. Oh, Steve and I did speak about that briefly, but if you would like maybe a bigger question is, you know, we talk about what the membership the new committees can or is that something that you wanted to um give some information about i was just curious about the difference but um the when we created the foundation the role of facilitator um they were going to convene each sector 
can have the sector choose. Mm -hmm. So is that still the intent of this? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and all these questions actually come together yeah. at that point. So, the process that we would maintain, which we've done since the beginning, is that the the, the convener brings. To, so, let's say the art scrub. We'll just use that as an example. So, the convener makes sure that there are, I believe, it was between six and nine that they could get them, but it tended to be more like five, I think, to seven people from the art sector. Who were the, the stakeholder group looking at the applications? And so these are people who you'd ask, would you like to apply this year? If they were going to, then we could have them on, on the betting team. So then the applications would come in in the art sector. They would read through those. They would come up with either a series of finalists, say you know, three or five applications, and then they could could be a call with those individuals, make sure that they're everybody understands the, you know, the terms and conditions of the board member. Reconfirm their commitment, and then they would then come up with a final recommendation. Uh, and they'd be rank order, you know, you want two or three, and say the first person wasn't able to do it again, or two, but they um, would take that that recommendation, and then that would be combined with the other groups, right? So for any given year, you have know, your arts in your neighborhood, and you name it. Then that's that slate that goes to city commission, and then ultimately comes back to the board. So we we would love to keep that process because it's so successful. Um, you know, there's a lot of easier ways to do it, but those all have compromises. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's a pretty complex thing, but for very good reason. And to your point about uh, insularity, so I think that the process really would bring all, all that out. But I could also imagine, since we know the terms each year, and since committee memberships are all only their annual. For example, this year the board, you know. If if arts are up, we could choose. We could at least start by trying to not have the arts person on it, right? Because then you're not like in the process to try to sort of tip it theoretically. Right. So I, I don't know that we need to add that step, but there's there's we have all the levers now to make sure that it's uh, a in broad daylight and be open and accessible to everybody. Yeah, and then there's demographics to kind of the big spreadsheet that you try to. Make sure everything is represented. Mm -hmm. So kind of fill that out. Yep. At the same time. Yeah, there's that balancing concern, right? Uh, which is a, a kind of a, the step before the final recommendation. Um, so we would do, yeah, as I think we work with staff, and staff would do it right before it's okay. So, yeah, Jim uh, Ritzman, question. So I saw in here similar language to what we talked about at the finance committee that it could be directors, officers, or others. So is the intent of this to have just board members, or are we planning on including non-board member membership on this committee? I think you want to focus on directors. Okay. Um, Staff would be uh, members of the community, just be there yes. support. Um, so that's just general language for the formation. Exactly. Yeah. So in this case, we'll keep it. To, um, yeah, you have the power if you wanted to bring in a totally independent person as like a volunteer, you, that power exists. But um, yeah. that's about just one piece of the I guess my next question, this is uh, for the though, is do we feel comfortable moving this further on this agenda or is that um, to add it, I guess, to the agenda for the September 12th meeting? Um, that's that's really all that we would be moving right now, correct? Yes, Madam President. So in this case, the committee can, can be created by the board, okay. not by executive. So in any event, you would move it to the board's agenda for discussion and, and action. In terms of time, the we kick off the annual board process usually November first. So there would, I mean, the October board meeting would technically work uh, if there were concerns that it had been out a little bit longer. Uh, having said that, you know, if if the if, if the board was clear on the decision, I would encourage no 
of delay just because of your staff trying to catch up with everything. Okay, so then at this time, if there are no other questions, um, concerns, or otherwise, I would ask for a motion to uh, move the creation of the nominating committee for future board members to the agenda for September 12th. So move to Do I have a second? Pillar support. Thank you. Um, if all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Are there any who opposed? Please say nay. In that there are not, um, that motion stands. The next item on the agenda is to look at the draft of the Foundation for Excellence Development Proposal. And um, I will again, and just think after that. Thank you. Item D3, yep, development, Foundation Development Proposal. So this again has quite a, a lengthy memo item to encapsulate the history of, of how we got to where we are. And, the next steps that could be um, should be considered by the board. So the baseline topic here is that the only reason FFP exists is to support the city financially and in terms of good government supports us. That will never change. That's the whole point of it. And that's the, the mission and vision that we all keep in mind center of that work. So with that, we've been building over these last five years a foundation that's worthy of that task, right? That it's going to be permanent, right? In perpetuity is sometimes how we say it. That can really defend its endowment and build its endowment so those resources are there for the city in 10, 20, 50 years, generations in the future. Uh, and that the city is really able to serve its people uh, in every possible way that it can. So, the things that have led us across that process of that you know, creation of policies, the, the ongoing board, uh, work, development work, um, the subcommittee that was created today is a piece of that, the idea of creating nominating committee. Is also a piece of that. So we continue to get the FFU fully on its two feet as an entity that can support the city um, and, and stand up to, if you if you prefer, um, you know, any threat, large or small. So a piece of that that was written into the original bylaws, the bylaws, one more bylaws written into bylaws, is the ability for the board to hire an executive director that reports directly to the board. Um, so that that uh, those powers and the details of that are summarized in the, the memo and the agenda item here. Um, one quick caveat there is: so what an executive director would do is report directly to the board. You all would have, as a board, higher fire powers over that. However, the approval of that candidate and certain decisions are actually they require the. The approval consent approval of city commission that's how it's written in bylaws that's included in the memo as well um, and so were the board to decide yes we would like to hire an executive director they would then internally go through that process create a job description find a candidate or candidates and then take a final candidate to the city commission in one motion to create the position hire the person um, and that would just be again, one meeting one motion and that can be done really at, at any open city commission agenda. <clears throat> so what the board would gain from the executive director is really that full staff support. So an advocate that is employed by them, you know, is materially open and interested in the board's well-being, communication about the endowment, working with legal services. Uh, a piece that was called up by the board this year was any kind of fundraising. Um, it's really not possible to build the endowment or do any kind of fundraising or outreach um, with just a consultant and or with city staff. Those two options are basically closed. So what uh, what staff did, what I did, was uh, work with CFO Vicente and Attorney Robinson to come up with a an overall strategy that's kind of best visualized in the board chart, which is on page 70 of your packet, um, and we've all seen it in advance. So what this recommends is, and when I say recommends, this creates a possibility in the proposal that the board would, you know, is full of its rights to change, to alter, to ask for more information about, to, to change. Um, but this is essentially presented as, as a proposal that the board is hiring executive director and then a development support person to work for the director. So that would be for primarily for fundraising and development. 
and then they would inter interface and interact with the city uh, as shown in the org chart here. Really, uh, in an unsurprising way, you know, the director would work with the manager, the attorneys would work together as needed for uh, any kind of contract negotiation or writing. And then, of course, the city commission and the board, that relationship remains the same. There's always those two two step pieces with approving the budget, with approving um, any kind of budgetary item related actually to that. And then, what you'll see here in the order chart in the middle is that there's the opportunity for the, for the FFB to pay the city a fee for a series of backup services. And this mimics the contract that um, the Central Transit Authority has since they spun off with the city about six, seven years ago. Um, so that would include payroll, that would include employee benefits, retiree health care, um, general ledger, writing, uh, accounts payable uh, as needed, and then IT and clerk services. So in sum, on the surface, things would visually look and feel essentially the same as how this proposal envisions it. So there would, you know, there's no need for a building and lights and an IT department and all those expensive other things that um, that would be necessary otherwise. And so this allows for a very efficient use of funds, right? So for every every cent of every dollar should be able to programs as quickly as possible and should you know really have that impact. So this this maintains a a lean organizational approach um, and makes use of, of the you know, huge capacity of the city to do, to do the services. You know, and again, for, for one, one and a half, two staff members, it's really uh, a drop in the bucket compared to the city, city plus 600 plus staff members, countless retirees. So. so, procedurally, what this is is essentially staff's answer to the board's question about what would this look like, what services would we get, would we get for this. Um, moving forward, the way that this could work is the executive committee could, could say time out and you all could ask for more information. You could choose to really take this any way you want, um, or you could approve it to go on to the board for discussion, at which point they can, of course, do the same themselves, the board members do the same there. Um, but again, if this were, what would be logical for this is if it were to be approved by the board that it would kick off with the next fiscal year. So it would just be a very clean start, January 1st of, of 2023. Um, then we could really have time between now and then to work out you know, the back end stuff that's needed to make that, make that transition smooth. So with that, I'll get a lot of information. I'll pause. I'm um, happy to answer any questions or just take a little more information. Hi, um, Just a, on the org chart, just a little suggested change. So, under finance and support services, you have employee benefits and then retiree health care. Mm -hmm. Can we, yeah, can we eliminate retiree health care and just view it as employee benefits? Uh, yeah, Miller, um, more just um, comments than any kind of questions. First of all, I really appreciate you doing this um, organizational chart. I think I probably could have gotten as far as board of directors and frozen. So thank you very much. And it's very simple, straightforward, and a lot of details. And you sat down with each one of us to discuss it ahead of time. So I really appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, I also really appreciate this is President Alberta. So I also really appreciate these types of um, visual um, aids in order to really kind of simplify it, but also it really shows the connection between the two, although we're moving forward in a direction where the city and the foundation are kind of standing alone, there's always going to be that connection that was purchased for it. And this shows that beautifully to where it can be and both. Um, it can be existing and then it can also have a relationship with the city that um, is working. And um, it, it also shows that different ways that that financial support can be um, 
shared and can, can move forward and really grow. So I, for one, don't have any further questions, but again, I do appreciate that, you know, if you could take the time to explain that very well, thank you. We'll also provide this visual aid, but I was hoping to see if there was any other questions or comments from anyone else. Yes, Carol, I just want to say I, I like the idea of a bit of a separation between staff and an FFP executive director. I think that is the logical step. And, um, and I, I would imagine um, residents would feel comfortable with that, that evolution. I, mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of them, but that, that seems to be a, a, a good So if there are no other questions or comments, I would ask at this time that we make a motion uh, to approve the development proposal for the Foundation for Excellence's draft proposal, excuse me, explaining the organizational relationship with the city uh, to go to the board for, uh, I'm sorry, uh, to go to the board. So moved. Pass. Thank you. Is there a second? Support Miller. Thank you. I would ask at this time that we make a vote. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposing, please say nay. Seeing that there are none, this motion has passed. Uh, the next step on our agenda for today are to discuss proposed updates to the Foundation for Excellence Articles of Incorporation and Bylaws. And seeing as how we've already kind of discussed um, some of those things, I'm going to ask Steve again to please um, Thank you, speak Madam speak President. So uh, beginning on page 71 is the, the cover sheet and it's ultimately it would be a recommendation that you include this memorandum for in the report for the, for the board. So again, this is the uh, recommendation to take this to the board. Uh, you'll see on page 73 excuse me, yeah, 73 below that is the memo that includes the, the itemized changes. And so what I've done here is there's an overview of the need and then I quote the bylaws for what's the process for amending them. And then each under specific bylaw items, each one is bullet pointed as which language should be removed, the reason for it, where it appears, the recommendation, and status. So in one case, the grant making committee, that was actually already approved in 2018, it just wasn't moved in the state of Michigan uh, approval phase. So we would we'd be able to bundle that together. All of the other ones, so governance facilitator, Kalamazoo Community Foundation, uh, and then adjusting the budget deadline, I'll go through these individually. Those are all recommended as bylaw changes. And then for articles of incorporation, there's just a, a repetition of the governance facilitator and the county community foundation because the, the, the language is essentially identical in the two documents. But so to go through the particular items, uh, so the governance facilitator, we covered that under the nominating committee. Um, that would again just be swapped out really pretty straightforward with um, the board or appointed committee. And so that would that would complete that task. For the council community foundation, uh, there's actually no replacement needed, it would just be twice the removal of mention of, of the organization. And then for a budget deadline, um, so it's a separate item that I was a little on the fence that this was its own item, but I think that it's at the board it could be, but I think that it's covered pretty well here. So the bylaws require that the FFP approve its annual budget by the end of October each year. And so that's why Essentially, that's why the boards had that October board meeting because we just wanted it to be as late in the year as possible to have as much information as possible, but then still meet that deadline. And that's been very good for a number of reasons. One is that it's helped the city and it's good governance improvements to, to drive that budgeting process earlier in the year. Um, and I think there's been a lot of gratitude for that. Having said that, there's a lot of moving parts of the budget besides the cities. And oftentimes flexibility is very important. So last year you saw that we actually convened a special meeting in December to approve the there are two changes. Minimal changes, we just had to swap two things out on a, on a revenue line, but we had to then call a meeting with all 16 board members to come back. Um, 
So this is a recommendation of changing that that deadline date from October 30th, 31st to December 31st of each year. So then we have the flexibility of calling that meeting in October, November, or December. Um, and again, just making sure that the board had concluded that step of, of, of recommending its draft budget to the city commission by that date. Um, I chose December 31st just for the, the century, essentially, I would expect. Hopefully, I should knock on wood, but we wouldn't be asking for budget meetings over the holiday break. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so that's here under under bylaws change. And um, what's what's being asked here is that these topics go to the board on its agenda. Little asterisk here is, of course, if some of these items aren't necessary, if the business itself isn't done by the board. So if the board doesn't create a nominating committee, then at this point we don't necessarily need to work. But we have some moving parts here that have all be essentially pre-flighted for the board. So that's why we've got them here. Um, and then the, if if you would like the, the budget deadline could be its own item when I prepare the board budget, or excuse me, the board uh, agenda. Otherwise it could stay here and just be discussed as part of this. So Thank you. I'm, I'm not so sure this, I'm sorry, this is President Cover when we talk. I'm not so sure that it has to be its own item, but I can see where you might not be sure about that because it's it is a a change, you know, to the bylaws, but um, it's more than just like a wording change for adding months in there. So my recommendation would be that it is a separate item, but I, I'd like to have the the opinion of others on Yes, yes. yes. I, I agree with you. I, I think that that could stand alone. It should be its own separate conversation on the board. Does anybody else have any um, questions or concerns? Anything that they want to clarify with regards to any of the proposed updates to the articles? Um, so at this time, I'm going to ask for a motion to uh, to go ahead and I'm sorry. Sorry, yes. that was an ill-timed sigh on my part. I, I would. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of like now. I would, um, in light of the. So I think your recommendation would be you'd be, you'd be looking for a motion to include this memo. As well, um, I think that they would be making two motions. Then, in that case, I'd be making one to okay, so one to um, include this memo on yeah. the board agenda. Yep, to include the this memo on the board agenda uh, for discussion, and then the second would be to also discuss and vote for this discussion. Uh, no, to vote. So, one, okay, so the second one would be add a budget.
budget approval regarding tithing to the agenda for the September 12th meeting. So moved. Pass. Thank you, Director Hess. Support Ritz Supported by Ritz All those in favor, please vote aye. 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 Any opposed, please vote nay. Seeing that there are, our motion is well states. So the next thing to do is to, um, excuse me, on our agenda is to approve the board agenda for the September 12th, 2022 meeting. I believe there was, I'm sorry, yeah, with an amendment. So that's page 76, Madam President, is the, the actual agenda uh, preview. All right. And there is going to be an amendment. Yes, five. So your motion would be you're looking for a motion to approve the draft agenda for the next board meeting with the addition of the budget deadline change. Okay, question. Yes, Dr. Carroll. So would this fall under the executive committee report or is this its own item? Um, and then the second thing is the, uh, the post updates to the articles incorporation by us. If we, if we do approve the change in the timing, um, that, that is a change in the bylaws, correct? Yeah. So I, I, if I can retain some flexibility, um, I try to put things that I try to choose judiciously what goes into the executive committee report or what's called out kind of okay. based on the magnitude of the decision and nothing has knock on effects. So I'd have to look. I think that the bylaws could, the bylaw changes I'd put at the very end possible because at that point we would have made all of the decisions leading up to them so we know what we need to do and with that i'd also do the deadline as a separate item but so they'd be like it'd be like c c5 and c6 probably okay so, so they would be added as two separate agenda items yeah okay yeah, that's thank you Six. As a note, when you call, it will say that you have reached the city commission. 
However, it's a shared line, uninsured units for today's executive committee. Um, you'll be given three minutes to speak. And uh, what we'll do is give just a moment now, we give a minute to, for people to queue up if they've called in. So I'll watch out this wall clock and then I'll be prepared to time if anybody calls it. So starting with people in person, any public comments here? Carrie, do we have any online callers? Okay, we'll just give it the rest of this minute. Appreciate the patience of the committee. <clears throat> Is that Jeopardy music? <laughs> She's probably a big fan. <laughs> I don't know. All one question, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the $50. <laughs> There's no $50. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And thank you much. The period for public comment is concluded, which takes us to agenda item F. Michigan, I assume there's usually no problem with approval of them. And how long does it take? So how do I answer that? So it, it is it is their decision. They could have questions, they could follow up. Yeah. Um, attorney Robinson would be better to answer that. Okay. But I actually honestly I don't know that either of us have ever taken things to the charitable division of the state attorney general. So uh, to be blunt, I can't answer your question. Okay. Um, I would expect I just, I just, a lot of controversial items. And then in terms of time, I can't speculate. With. Okay. I should have brought that up earlier. Sorry about that. I'll follow up. I'll see if I can. It, no big deal. I, I figured it was kind of a no brainer, but thought I'd ask. Thank you. Thank you for the Any other board members? Well, seeing that there's no board member comments, and I do notice that the sky is getting dark, so I'm going to go ahead and adjourn this meeting at uh, 3.51 p.m. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.